And this is not a periodical, like this is not a one-time confrontation with this question. It's not a one-time, man, who do I think Jesus is? No, this is an everyday type of question. Now, you may not answer it with, you may answer it with words, but you may, you've got to answer it with what you do, with your actions. Now, the first question he asks, who do they say that I am? The, in, in Luke's account of this story, the disciples, they start thinking immediately about a historical figure that comes from the Old Testament who they call the Son of Man. And so then they, they answer with what is a fabricated answer. Like, if I were to ask you a question about history, a question that you learned in, in high school, you're going to give me the answer that you've learned, right? Yeah. Some of you are like, no, nah, please don't ask me a history question. Good, because I don't have a history question to ask you. But if I did, you give a, a fabricated answer. That's exactly what they've done. They give the, okay, Elijah, John the Baptist, some other prophets that have come back to life. And then Jesus looks at them, and he takes it from this broad view of what everyone says to what do you say about me? Who do you say that Jesus is? Now, we say because the Bible does, that when you come to the point that you, you answer like Peter does, let's look at what he answers in the second part of verse 20. Who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, the Christ of God. Another way to say that is the Messiah of God, the anointed one of God, the one that God has chosen. And then Jesus strictly warns them, or as it says on screen, and he strictly charged and commanded them to, to tell this to no one. Verse 22, he says, saying that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed on the third day, he'll be raised. Now, here's, here's what's interesting. Jesus asked this question, who do they say that I am? John the Baptist, Elijah, other prophets. He says, who do you say that I am? Now, the answer to this question is like a cause and effect. Peter says, you are the son of God. You are the anointed one of God, the Christ of God. And if that is true, which we believe that it is, the Bible screams that it's true, then there's going to be some consequences for that being true, for Jesus being the son of God. And the consequence is... That the Son of God is going to have to die on a cross. He's going to be persecuted. And then in three days, he's going to raise life. Now, there's this tricky part in here where he says, don't tell anyone. Um, basically, that's so that Jesus, Jesus has to live that out. right? He's got to live out the part of living and dying. It sounds like fun, right? Living, dying on the cross, and then raising to life. If Jesus, if his disciples start going around and saying, hey, Jesus is the Messiah, he's the anointed one, he's the Christ, then they're going to kill the disciples, and they're going to kill Jesus immediately. He won't have time to fulfill what he says, all that God has called him to do, which is to die on the cross for our sins. And so, you can imagine this being a pretty tense situation. Well, first of all, it's because Jesus is praying private, and then they're there. It's like, can you imagine, like, praying? <laughs> this is fun. Can you imagine praying, and you're just, like, getting it? Like, you're just, 
like in this conversation with God and you think you're by yourself and then you just open your eyes because you hear Peter breathing, like no, mouth breathing, or, or uh, Simon the Zealot, like just back there like, I don't know, maybe he's got allergies, who knows. Anyway, that's got nothing to do with what we're talking about. But you can imagine that it's a bit of a tense situation. I mean, the, the disciples realize that something's happening here. Especially when Peter says that you are the Christ of God. And so Jesus then responds to Peter's answer. If you in your life have called Jesus your Lord, if you in your life have said, Jesus, I believe in you, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. If you've gone into the waters of baptism with Jesus and have come, you've died to yourself and you've come to a new life in Jesus, you have got to listen up to the next few verses because they're made for you too. Listen, Jesus, or Jesus already strictly warned them, don't do this, verse 23. Then he said to them all, if anyone would come after me, or, or follow me, he must deny himself and take up his cross every now and then and follow me. I like that. Every now and then. I like how Luke put that in there. That we can just pick up our cross and follow him. Well, it's a, oh, sorry. It says deny himself and take up his cross whenever it's comfortable and convenient and, uh, and benefits me. See, I like the way that Luke put that. What does Luke really say? Pick up your cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life uh, for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes to glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. All right, look, Jesus says to them, you've got to pick up your cross, deny yourself, and pick up your cross daily and follow me. Now, for us, the cross has become a, a necklace, uh, maybe, maybe a T-shirt. Uh, it's become the cross's jewelry that we, we wear. Um, maybe you've got a tattoo of a cross. The cross in our culture has become this, uh, I don't know, this like pretty icon, uh, something we, we decorate with. For the first century church, for Peter, for the disciples that are sitting around, the cross, if they saw us wearing a cross around our neck, they would be uh, mortified. Is that a word? Yeah, they would be that. I mean, they would look at us like we were crazy, like sadistic. The cross is a, is a tool for torture. The cross for them is, is not a symbol of hope. Like it is for us. The cross for them, they saw this all the time. The Romans would pin humans <laughs> to, these, to a wooden X or a T 
with their hand, by their wrists and their feet until, these, until people suffocated. Right, here's what I want Jesus to say. I want Jesus to say, hey man, when you, when you follow me, I want you to go get your golf clubs. We'll meet on a golf course and hang out. <laughs> Uh, hey, man, when you follow me, I'm going to give you everything you ever dreamed or imagined. You're going to have all the, money, all the money you want. Look, you, you'll just have to love who you want to love. Everyone else, man, just, like, forget about them. The least of these and the poor, don't worry about them, right? Just be comfortable, be convenient, do what you want. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to do. Uh, Jesus says, man, if you want to follow me, you got to pick up a cross, an instrument of torture, and follow me. He says, you've got to die to yourself. I need you to pause for a minute and consider this, that the Christian faith is not about you. But it's all about Jesus and what he did for us. Now, for Jesus... It was about you. But more than that, it was about glorifying God. Jesus over and over said, talks about his life. He's going to lay his life down in order to glorify God. And so when Jesus talks about us picking up our cross and dying to ourself, hey, it's not so that it's not so that you can pick up your cross so that other people can see you do it. Love to do that. Like, I love to overcome something in my life uh, and then take a selfie of it and put it on Facebook and get all these likes. Maybe every now and then someone will share it if it's really good, you know? Like, you go and serve someone, but if no one knows about it, it doesn't really happen. So you got to Instagram it, but make sure you slide over that. It'll go to Facebook, right, so that everybody can see what you've done. Look, picking up your cross and dying, it's not about your glory, It's not about your fame or looking better. Picking up your cross and dying to yourself is also, it's not about you as an overcomer. Hey, there is this like avenue of that in the Christian faith. Like when you overcome, I think God's excited. But that's not what it's about. Look, when Jesus picked up his cross, And he carried it and died on it. It was to bring God glory. And it was to allow us to connect with him. It was to love God and love people. When you pick up your cross, when you say no to yourself, deny yourself, it's about bringing God glory. It's about loving God and loving other people. So what is it? Like for you, what is it that you've got to give up? In order to bring God glory. Maybe, maybe it's pride. Like I'm not trying to be funny, but maybe you're just so full of yourself that you can't see anybody else. Sometimes we worship ourselves so much that we can't, we don't leave room for God. Maybe you just have got to die to you. Maybe uh, for you it's it's an addiction. And you've just been so entrapped in that. Look, the life of addiction is not a joke. It's nothing to, it's, it's, it's nothing to push aside. It's, it's for real. And maybe your next step is getting help. But it's going to start with saying no to the feeling. 
right? And some of you aren't uh, alcoholics. Some of you aren't doing drugs every day. But some of you are looking at pornography every chance you get. Some of you can't get away from the release of endorphins that it is to be on social media. That's an addiction too. Maybe it's, it's television or video games or whatever it is. Man, dying to yourself and saying, I'm, I'm going to put God first. Man, there's all kinds of things that we've got to de- deny ourselves. The pursuit of money and the worry of not having any. The worry of what's next. What's Jesus say about worrying? We, when we worry, we can't even add a single day to our life. So what's the deal? What about time? Like, how much time are you giving to God? We, we jam-pack our schedules and our lives so much from the time we wake up to the time we go to sleep. Y'all, we worship the God of having a busy schedule. And God's just like, dude, can you, can you give me some time? There might be something that I, I'm not listening, that for you, you've got to put down. Put away, you have got to crucify yourself, man, and start living this life for who God is. Um, if you're a reader, if you like to read, if you like to read Christian books, there's a book. It's easy to read. It's, it's an easy book to read in that it's easy to understand. It's difficult to read in that it will challenge your life. Um, Kyle Eidelman, he wrote a book. We'll probably do a series on it eventually called Not a Fan. And what, it, what he means is be a follower of Jesus, not just a fan. Like participate in the game, not just be a spectator. And this is what he writes in, this book, in his book. This is long, so I'm going to take a drink of water. We read this at our men's retreat, this, this quote from Kyle Eidelman. And he says this about a cross. There's no comfortable way to carry a cross. I don't care how you position it. I often talk to people who are convinced that some suffering or pain in their life is an indication that they must not be following Jesus. After all, if they are following Jesus, the Son of God, isn't it, uh, doesn't it follow that things in life are going to unfold smoothly? I wish. There's this junk theology floating around out there that points of difficulties as evidence that you must not be following Jesus. And he says this. The biblical reality is that when people say yes to following Jesus, they're agreeing to carry a cross. And that will be painful at times. A blood-stained, battered, splintery cross is maybe not what you signed up for when you were like, I think I'll be a Christian. But it's what Jesus is calling us to do. It's not just to be, listen, it's not just to make sacrifices, but it's to be a sacrifice. Being a Christian, a follower of Jesus, is not just making sacrifices, but it's being sacrifices. Paul writes it like this in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. He says, man, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Like give it all to God. A holy one. And one that's acceptable to God. This is how you worship. This is your spiritual act of worship. All right. Look, 
uh, fun. This is great. You know, a few people visiting. This is like the sermon you wanted to hear, right? Like that you got to kill yourself. <laughs> not really. That was not a joke. I meant that like dying on the cross. Um, but uh, Mark Batterson, he wrote an article. So here's, I'm going to give you real quick what it means for you. Here's what you do right away today, tomorrow, today to apply what we, what we just talked about. Mark Batterson wrote an article in the Christian Post uh, a few years ago, and this is what he means. This is what he says when it, he talks about uh, denying yourself and picking up your cross. It means self-denial. You've got to say no to yourself. I mean, you've got to start saying no to the sinful nature. When, when Jesus picked up his cross, it meant torture and it meant death. I mean, that's, that's what it meant for Jesus and, and in our spiritual lives and sometimes uh, in, our, in our practical lives, it means the same for us. Man, you've got to give up something that there's going to be consequences. And they might not be fun. But listen to this part. It will be worth it. It will be worth it. When we're talking about following Jesus, it's more than just the footsteps, but it's the life pattern. Like when Jesus was on the cross, or when Jesus was carrying his cross, there were people following him. Very few people offering encouragement, but instead they were hurling insults. At one point in this procession to the cross, uh, before he gets there, they put a they put like a bag over his head and then just start punching him. They said, man, if you're a prophet, who's throwing the punches? Where's the next one going to come from? People start spitting at him while he's trying to carry this cross. And Jesus knows what's on the other end of this. Like it's not a test of endurance. It's not, hey, see if you can get it up the hill. It's carry this torture device so that we can get you there and hang you on this cross to die. She's going through all of this, knowing that he's going to die and putting his hope in the God above. Right? They, they pin him to the cross with these, these nails. They put a crown of thorns on his head. This is a bloody, nasty gruesome scene people are turning their heads right they don't want to be they don't want to look at this this is disgusting and and Jesus is going through this and here's why because I'm a sinner like because because I chose to sin Jesus had to do that While he's going through all of this, it's my sin that held Jesus on the cross. And it's your sin, too, that caused the God of the universe to do that. And then godly men pulled him from the cross and they buried him. And it's like the world was silent. What's next? What's going to happen? Will God come through? 
Who knows? I mean, was this guy crazy when he talked about coming back to life in three days? And then all of a sudden, like three days later, he died on Friday. And then Sunday morning, it's like the tomb started to rattle a little bit. And then this rock, this huge rock just rolls away from the tomb. And y'all, Jesus walked out, giving us hope that as we carry our cross, As we deny ourselves, we also have the hope that God can breathe life back into our lifeless bodies. You might be here this morning and you just feel dead. Life is just kicking you in the face. Maybe you are turning out to be what they said you would be. Maybe you don't like so much the person that you're turning into or the person you've become. Maybe your sin is lying to you about your identity. Maybe your sin is lying to you about that you'll never be who God, God says you are. When you look at the cross of Jesus, you have the hope that came after that, the resurrection. I promise you, if you die to yourself and you follow Jesus, you will have the hope. You will have a new life is what uh, Paul calls it. So who's going to sign up? <laughs> Are you ready? Because it will be so worth it to give your life to following Jesus. Hey, we do this uh, every week, every week. Um, it's easy to make this life about us. It's easy for us to make service about us. It's easy to make it about how good uh, the music is or the sermon or the coffee or whatever. But at the end of each service, what we try to do is make it about Jesus. We do our best to make it about Jesus. So what we've done, I'll tell you how it works and what it means. But in uh, right here's two of them, and there's two right there in front of the curtains, and then one right behind this this middle section, uh, we've got just a TV tray with some crackers and juice on it. And we call this communion. Jesus tells his disciples, whenever you meet, do this. And then he says, and remember me. So what the cracker represents here is the body of Jesus. Who went to the cross because of you and for you. And then there's a cup of juice. It's just grape juice. And it represents the blood that poured from his head, his hands, and his feet. That Isaiah says that washes, us, washes our sins white as snow. And if we do nothing on a Sunday morning, let us remember what Jesus did for us. 